Damn it, planet. You're a loose cannon, but you get the results. Fortified niche. Hello everyone, welcome to the Fortified Niche, episode number after the last one. Uh, I'm joined, I'm here today as Casa, your gorgeous, gorgeous host, and joined as always by my equally gorgeous, gorgeous co-host, JC Dent. How are you? Hello, I'm I'm fine. How are you? I am well. You're looking very alpha today. Very Sigma male. Well, must be uh, must be uh, the screen reflecting of my pale, pale skin that doesn't get much more tan. In the any more tan in the uh, summer. Well, it's summer right now, so it makes sense. I could avoid that UV index of always extreme. What else would it be? What is why I have the rest of the scale? Yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> you, of extreme, sorry, extreme. Wow, wow, well, wow. I was going to make a joke about you. You, you bought protection from from the entire scale, but you'll only need the extreme end. <laughs> Ah, the world is dying and we are doomed. Um, yep. Thankfully, we can move to a new planet, hopefully one not burdened by having to... Geos? Not geospatially. What do you call it when you orbit the sun? Heliocentrically orbit a star. We shall yeah. roam free throughout the universe like some sort of rogue planet. <gasps> Time to drop. What? Whoa. Whoa. Uh, yeah, today we're covering Rogue Planet from... Brent Spivy, Spivy, Spivy. Uh, I apologize for butchering your name like that. Um, I'm just bad at it, and it is my daytime job as well to perform people's names, and I apologize there too. Uh, well, we probably pr- pronounced or mispronounced his name uh, uh, enough times so that he, I won't have to find a way to send him a link because uh, all this uh, yammering will have triggered his Spivy sense. Hmm. He has enormous fingers, so his FX rolls are just crazy range. Um, Whoa. So I'm here. Uh, yeah, but by Brent Savi, um from 2014, Bombshell Games. Uh, their second or third game, looking at their release schedules. Uh, it's it's a cool little skirmish game, not fantasy, not sci-fi, kind of that mix sort of encouraging you to live your John Carter of Mars, Princess of Mars sort of desires. Uh Make your warband, go out, punch the other warband down, and then Yeah, it's retire. very sword and planet, I think. I think the genre is called. Yeah. Uh, it is relatively setting agnostic. It definitely encourages comparisons to others. Basically, it wants you to bring your own stuff to it. I talked about Final Fantasy VII, uh, Gamma World, Destiny, Mass Effect, uh, Star Ocean, that the best Dungeons & Dragons module, Expedition to Barrier Peaks, where the you know, fantasy guys all find laser guns. Um, uh, I guess you could call. Did, did you mention Ultima? I guess Ultima would also yeah. uh, would also go there. Certain issues of heavy metal or like the other one? No, heavy metal one. Yeah, sorry, I think two thousand AD. That's what I was thinking of as well. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A game also really encourages you to sort of don't think too hard about it. It's just a game. Why is it happening? Probably because it's cool. Or it's interesting, it's on Rogue Planet, or it's going to be tactically exciting. So there really is no hard set premise apart from one you'd bring with your miniatures. Uh, it's completely freeform. Even the one book uh, they have, 
They they have a special edition of the rule book called Derelict yeah. Derelict well Derelict Edition. Uh, yeah, with absolutely gorgeous art by uh, Pascal Blanche. Blanche. Oh, it's just oh, it's such so pretty, very strong colors and just neat sci-fi stuff. I'm sure I'm sure Google him right. Pause the episode. Google Pascal Blanche. Have a good time on Art Station. Then come back, and I'm going to say he's on my mini factory with some dope sculpts there too. Yeah, Casa had uh, had previously already boasted having bought his stuff on uh, on <laughs> on yeah. the uh, my mini factory. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the, the 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 setting I guess doesn't doesn't really much exist, uh, and and the game says uh, do whatever. Though eventually, in like setting your scale of the game, they do talk about. Oh, this is a small military force just leaving the base. Oh, but if you're playing a higher mission level, then it's like ranging further out. But that's not holding you to anything. You can do whatever. You can have your eight-legged tentacle slavers from space armed with machetes or something. Yeah, um, the, only, the only part of it that really speaks to like a certain style of gameplay is, is maybe the the powered melee weapons or being like powered fists and hammers and blades like gravity hammer and thunder hammer and quake hammer are all very like evocative of um a certain big setting fish in the pond yeah which and the uh the planet specific variant also brings up a saying that's not the kind of game they want it to be uh like it's kind of akin to the gw necromunda but more of a harder sci-fi so a necromunda gang could be would be easily made in this game but the setting is more advanced and not as grim, dark, if at all. What little setting there is. Um, and also the lot- rules and the gear rules are a bit more abstract than, than in other yeah. games. It's much more like you can buy a, a carbine. What's it look like? Whatever kind of carbine you might have model you want to do. The game is very, very strict that you only are equipped with what you have modeled though. Which I kind of, I kind of like. It's... It's it's kind of weird for it's a game to be this abstract, but also be like you know no no the only what you have equipped, which is like yeah. uh, precludes you from potentially using some of your existing stocks of miniatures. But on the other hand, hey, uh, my approach to Warhammer Fantasy Fourth Edition is to random roll a character and then give them a background. So at the, in this situation, you could just take your miniatures and try to fit the stuff they're armed with into the uh, point pools that you have. Yeah, I, but I'm a big fan of like a, a blade or versus an axe versus a club versus giving it the big tag. And it's it's kind of wild how this game is from 2014. And it's, it's doing all that stuff. We're like, wow, what a good idea. More games should do this. And like, oh, one was already doing all of this a decade yeah. ago. Yeah, well, that's um, like, it's like when we uh, did 8043 and it was like, whoa, command points, done well. This also has command points as a variant rule. Um, and, and the rules themselves are, are wild. Uh, it is D6 based, apart from certain interactions very rarely come up, which we've got, which skew from a D4 until I think a D10 is the biggest dice you'll be rolling. Um, and you need like two of those at absolute max. Oh, sorry, D8 is the biggest one. So yeah. D4, you need a couple of D4s, a couple of D, maybe like two, two of each kind of dice, two D4s, two D6s, two D8s, I guess. Um, you'll, no, more than two D6s. Yeah, I think you need at least three D6s. Yeah. 
each each player should have three D six. Um, because the game is much like Powered by the Apocalypse for your RPG players out there. Oh, it's two D six plus minus mods. Sorry. Yeah, it's extremely powered by the apocalypse yeah. because all tests are basically powered by the apocalypse rules yeah. in that 2d6, uh, 7 plus is a success and 10 plus is a total success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, uh, bad things happen if you fail, but most usually the, the failure just means that the enemy gets to... Uh, Move, yeah, move a miniature or two miniatures for free. Though I guess in the, in the in the in contested melee, you could also get punched back. But yeah, it's the closest hmm. I've ever seen a miniature game take powered by the apocalypse rules and uh, just go just go wild with them. Yeah, and much like in that game, um, bonuses cap out at plus three or minus three. Your stats can be higher than those numbers, but. Unlike say Infinity, where you you count you can count to like say plus twelve versus minus twelve, and then that is zero or which is oh. it's just unobfuscated. So if you've got like plus one from having a handgun and plus two from being like a super 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 duper fighter man, and plus seven because all of your buddies are there helping you beat this goblin to death, that's only plus three. Even if you like even mathematically it's plus nine or plus. 11, what I said, and I mean, it caps at plus 3. And then if that goblin has a shield to hide behind, that goblin's minus 2 from the shield still still takes your maximum plus 3 down to a plus 1. Which feels weird. Doesn't feel great the first time. But eventually you realize, well, I'll just work out how much I've got and just kind of like, oh, I've got more than 3. So just 3 is all that matters. Yep, yep. Yeah, you don't have to do that much book- bookkeeping. It's like you don't have to think like, oh, I have plus seven, but then he takes the two out of me, but then I, I have yeah. plus five, but it still caps out at plus three. No, it's all it's all yeah. plus three. Stop counting at three. That's what the book says. In our experience, it sort of meant that you weren't angling for every nickel and dime penny pinching bonus. You were just yeah. like, well, I've got enough. Doesn't really matter at this point. Like my skills above yeah. yours, and I've got a bonus weapon. So. Yeah, you don't at the end of the day, like get everyone, every single person in there. Yeah, maybe maybe stops doing the worst thing players do, and that's overthink their situation. Hmm. Uh, it's like no, you don't have to do the the, the optimal solution, the, the the most max bonus solution for this. Just play faster. Just, yeah, just, just make this move a little. <laughs> yeah, which is really great to see coming from many games. Like even Infinity caps out essentially a plus four. It's just the modifiers are plus, you know, various... Always an iteration of three. Yeah, so you're basically going from plus four to minus four overall in the roll. It's just, you know, going 12 to a dice roll because that's the size of the dice they're using. Um, and it also is, helps yeah. with, uh, for, for Infinity, we know that it's for stat granularity because, well, you know, everything, uh, all the modifiers are done in, in, in iterations of three. The stats use the full D20, so... You, so, but anyways, <laughs> we're moving into discussing Infinity. <laughs> oh, but no, just as a comparison, even things like, um, uh, say, Frostgrave, where, like, you can get an insane amount of bonuses if you, like... So, even penalties. Like, if I want to shoot your character and your character behind three walls, that's minus three to the roll. But I've also got, like, a negative because they've got a smoke cloud and it's a negative because of that. And then you're counting so many negatives and bonuses that... 
it becomes much more of a game of like how many bonuses can I get? How much do I avoid? How much can I avoid that? Or like what can I? And that's fun. That can be tactically interesting, but it's also very slow. Yeah, and there's no uh, way to say that. Like trying to work out, like oh, it also precludes a lot of arguments immediately of like, are you in cover or not? Of like, well, I've already got plus whatever, but does it matter if I'm in cover or not? Like, or it doesn't matter if I'm in cover or not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the game is uh, gentle like that there, but the weirdness doesn't end there unless you have more more numbers peak because uh, you don't really measure distances in this game. Yeah, Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, your troops, uh, and I guess Casa will explain action point system more, but uh, for one action point, your troop can move uh, whatever distance as long as it's in a straight line and you don't bump into into anything along the way. That includes terrain or areas of terrain. So you can't run through like from the grasslands through the swamp to the grasslands, but you know it doesn't matter how big the, the swamp is. Once you're inside of it, you can move at max speed, which is I mean infinite. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it seems scary at first. You'll think that people will just zoom around the table like they're in a jet plane, but you are not forced to make terrain that you are not forced to make a map that only has like six terrain pieces equally spread out along the map leaving huge fire lanes and all that uh, hmm. if you sprinkle it with ruins and rocks and uh, explosive barrels and non-explosive barrels then you'll see that the movement is very much constrained especially consider that it's all in a straight line so if you want to yeah. turn or dodge something that's not something you can you can easily do yeah it is also um you move your entire army and then the opponent responds and moves their army uh which leads to an interesting system where it does have that like uh sup- sorry it's called if warhammer we get charged and you can shoot back sapphire uh overwatch yeah, so it does have like the 40k, like, so essentially units can do the 40k Overwatch Infinity AROs response to your movement or shooting at them, but they can only do that if they haven't already gone. So if you're player two, you get all of the Overwatch responses that you want. It could be like counter charging, counter moving, um, shooting well, back, sh- shooting back a lot. Well, not all of them because it ties no, into the AP system and you have to have AP, yeah. which also ties into your initiative system. Yeah, so basically explain that. Uh, initiative is you roll your action dice, which can be one to about maybe three or four D6s, and you get your highest number in action points. And then an action point is anything from like a move to a charge, not what you think, to a punch, to a shoot, um, to a couple yeah. of special actions depending on like the missions. And so the high, the the player who gets the highest action points, so like if uh, I roll the four and Casa roll the three, I get to choose which one of us goes mm. first in the turn, because if you have action points, uh, you can choose to go later, and you can use those action points for counter casting, uh, uh, counter charging interceptions. Rules you you probably remember from like Mordheim and Gorka Morka and uh, whatever throwing throwing objects blowing up terrain. Yeah, but um, the point is, even now, no matter how many AP dice you roll, you only get to choose the highest dice. So, hmm. uh, at most, one of the player will have six action points; the other will have one in the extreme. 
Which can be fun because it's like in our first, um, in one of our games, we had the moment where I rolled a six and you rolled a two and I made you go first. So you didn't get to have any more counter actions to my actions. I get to sort of walk up at my leisure. But the leisure was yeah. the entire turn to move two models up because <laughs> of how but much I- terrain we had. But also one thing to remember, which we constantly forgot, is that when you fail any sort of role, the enemy, the opponent, ha- the opponent has uh, the chance to move their own miniature. So if you have a big army and 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 you let's say the other player go first, him uh, him messing up by their roles uh, gives you an advantage of having to, of being able to move your guys. Uh, which makes the uh, movement restrictions, like, you know, straight line, uh, no hmm. turns, a bit less punishing than you would usually expect from a game where you get to do maximum six actions and thus six different moves a turn. And I don't remember the... Uh, there's also an action limit, action point limit uh, imposed of how much you can spend, which I... Don't particularly remember at this point. More than two consecutive actions in a turn, unless it's a hero. So uh, my stabby guy yeah. could not have uh, could could not have done all those all those stabbings. And even heroes can only do three actions. So we should probably mention this. Yeah. Uh, so um, basically, the action points limited by your um, ability to perform consecutive actions. So your grunts can do two things in a row, so they can walk up to someone and then stab them. Your hero can walk up to someone and stab them twice. Uh, my understanding is this does mean that you can alternate, though. So your hero can stab, then your other guy can stab, then your hero can stab, then your other guy can stab. Assuming you have actions. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and also, since it's, uh, it only says consecutive actions, so you can... Uh, run up to a guy and then stab him uh, twice for free action mm. points, then move around with a grunt and then get back to stabbing. Also known as the, the Russian presidency system. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically uh, action points. Sort of. It's like, and then when you counteract someone or do counteractions, it's like counter charge, counter spell, counter psycho, um, dodge, intercept, opportunity fire, return fire. A return fire is neat where you just like, I don't believe you roll back. They just take damage if they fuck up. Most of the actions and counter, well, not most of them, many of the actions and counter actions react to the game by adding rogue die, which is the why you need to have the third the d6 uh, for probably a different color because rogue dice can mm. be potentially good for you when they add to your own do- dice rolls and bad for the enemy when they add, when they add to their own dice roll. Because uh, rogue die activate abilities when they match one of the other dice, and this can go wildly crazy with stuff like, oh, say, powered weapons. If you powered weapons add the rogue die, so if you if you roll to attack an enemy and if you win, and the rogue die matches one of your dice, you add that much damage. So if you roll the two and a five, and your rogue die was five. That means you deal five damage, which is quite a bit of damage in this uh, in this game, where uh, most of the time and most of the attacks, even with like you know high level characters, or uh, deal a single damage. Yeah. Point Essentially, you per... just have one HP. Right. Yeah, um, that's the rule basically broadly across the board. Um, rogue dice are also something each player can add. So there's nothing that says that Dent couldn't add a rogue dice to the roll, and I couldn't add a rogue dice to the roll, both having different effects. And that gets really exciting. Um, but also, 
you know, cancelling dice means changes. So if, if I roll two fives and you cancel one of the fives and I'm adding plus three, I might still succeed and do lots of damage to you. Um, it's just it's simple and it just makes it flow a lot faster. Um, going back to HP though, you actually... The HP system is interesting. You essentially have a squad level of HP called your energy, which is generated by like the size of your force and what they're armed with. So if you're in power armor, if your guy's heavy, that's four energy points. If you're a light guy with a knife, that's one energy point. And so we were running about 10 to 12 energy points in our games. Yeah. That's the size we're playing at. Um, and you spend energy to negate damage. If a light unit, there's light, medium, heavy units. If a light unit is ever crit, it's just dead. There's no saving it. If it's hit... Otherwise, it's one point of damage, one point to save it. But if you are hit by the aforementioned power fist uh, for five damage, you have to spend five energy to keep it alive. You can't spend a little bit, you can't spend none of it. You don't have to spend any of it, but you have to spend five if you want to keep that guy alive. Heroes yep. are interesting because they play by similar but very different rules. Um, and they're just really, it's really interesting. Um, actually, I quite like the way the. Uh, light, medium, heavy divide works as well. It's not at all complex. It's a bit fiddly, but it basically yeah. means that um, the big guys are big, and the medium, little guys are little, and it's just fun to keep in mind. Like, aha, my big guy he basically needs to be crit off the board, and your little guys just fall to a stiff breeze. Well, it, 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 is, it is harder to damage and wound the big guys, and the medium and heavies don't get taken taken out by crits they also cost a lot of uh, they also yeah. cost a lot more points uh i mean at first blush at first read like uh getting to the line that says that your medium or heavy is taken out when it experiences one one damage point is like oh man they're, they're gonna be like paper tissue but remember that the health pool is basically shared for the entire force and your heavy guy brings in free energy points just by beating the heavy guy. It also yeah. uh, it also introduces a very interesting conundrum to casualty resolution that you don't really see in skirmish games because once you've been dealt damage and failed your armor saves in other games, this one doesn't have it because remember this is uh, this is powered by the apocalypse, the miniatures game we're talking about. Uh, you usually don't get many choices for damage mitigation and stuff. You no. roll your saves and your guy is dead. In this game, you can go like, uh, is it worth the energy expenditure for me to save this random dildo? Is, is it like, you know, uh, do, do I invest it? Or like, you know, hey, it's it's a single point to save my light guy with a flamethrower. He's good. I've geared him up mm. to run forward and uh, torch people. He hasn't torched people yet. So, like, you know, I'll spend that uh, energy point to save him. Yeah, and it, and it costs the opponent more action rolls to try and get rid of him now. Um, so, like, and also, the sorry. And also, I get, I guess, the crits uh, splatting light infantry outright is what prevents those, uh, like, say, an army that's entirely of the lowest, low, low, cheapest investment light guys uh, from becoming, I guess, overpowered or something. Because, again, you only have so many action points to spend. And crits just destroy those guys unsavably. In the meantime, at the same time, uh, your forces are more resilient to, say, alpha strikes because, like, the enemy doesn't really have the capacity to wipe your army off the board and if they 
go for your showpiece, your giant mech or your giant gribbly gribbly monster. Uh, it's not auto killed by crits, and mm. it, and you will be, I guess, happy or likely to spend at least those three energy points that it brought by itself to save him. <laughs> and another two amusing things is that it's not only your troop classes that uh, contribute energy points, you also get points for uh, whichever of your guy, for every guy, for every time you guys have power armor or powered weapons. So this is, this is a very interesting and weird way to do it, but this is how, I guess, most outstanding games are made by Zig when the other Zag, or Zag when the other Zig, yeah. Just a communal health pool is such a cool idea. It's such an interesting way to sit there and tell, like, is this going well for me? Is it going better for the other guy? Oh, I'm down to five energy, but you've still got ten. So I need to, like, rethink. I need to start playing defensively or roll better or or whatever have you. Um, and I like a lot the, the different, like, a heavy guy is still, like, not indestructible. Um, if you roll seven plus, it's only one point of damage, excluding rogue dice. But if you crit him, it's damage equal to the absolute difference between like if you're attacked versus my defense also there's only three stats you've got close combat range attack and defense and they're all called different things and it's great it's not like ranged attack and really aggressive for punching which i quite enjoy it's a fun little thing to do and i'm very dumb and i get confused easily um yeah so doing those two is throwing those three is such different turns is tremendous uh we did have a, a solution happen constantly of we sort of realized that Buying a level 7 skill is really expensive. It's basically an entire unit. Uh, but getting like skill 5 is kind of affordable compared to that. So a lot of our guys were rolling, um, you know, CQ 5 versus Defense 5. So the difference never became like extra damage. But if you, you know, decide to do higher or lower numbers or go hard and once that, it'll come up more often and it's more interesting. But uh, and also, uh, if you take a uh, regular schmo of like I don't know what's the lowest rating two, and you if your if your one energy uh, two melee schmo gets attacked, or rather I'd say attacks uh, attacks an enemy heavy, and crits them, then mm. they deal five damage because the absolute difference between say between the huge guys. Melee seven and your guys, uh, melee five is still uh, melee two is five. So oh, this, I think so. Close. So I think this allows for well, it's not dominions exploding dice, but it still gives the the small guy a chance to take out your super yeah. super uh, super terminator and stuff. Uh, that doesn't mean that it can take out the commander in one hit because if, when you're using full mission or whatever rules, commanders get a little bit wild since you don't expend energy on them, wonderful, and they can only take, idea. and they can and they can only take at most one damage from a single source or whatever a single attack, but what you do is you take off. Pawns and for uh, for the mission level we were playing, which is like four hundred points or something, uh, we had four point four pawns per character, and pawns are technically followers that give uh, the commander some sort of 
special ability. Like the defender pawn is just straight up minus one on any ranged or or on range melee attacks targeting the, the targeting the guy minus one or minus two. Oh, yes, minus one. I'm thinking of the um the brute. The defender is yeah. minus one. Yeah. Yeah, or you have a standard bearer who gives you a second dice to roll for action points, and this means that you get, get like, you know, two dice to choose from when rolling your action points. Or you can have the Intimidator, which nullifies one of those extra dice because uh, uh, you can't go minus uh, less than, than a single dice. And or you take Expendables. We get two pawns for the price of one. They don't do anything, but it's an extra HP. <laughs> yeah, and this means that this is a much more interesting implementation of the wound track where yeah. where your character get, where your hero gets worse as they experience damage and since you can't mm. spend energy you can't just uh, use use it as like 12 hit points for them they are fragile and though and since some of those bonuses are like faction wide which probably just being standard bear uh you're always risking something when you're risking your hero, especially considering that the game ends on all of the modes immediately once you lose him. So you can't just be like, well, I rolled up my guy and I'm just going to charge him forward and get him killed uh, get him killed instantly, which some games still do, which is very annoying. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot to, have to wrap your head around. It's also a game, it's a game that's with your big stuff. It also says you can't just use a token for a pawn. You must use the models to represent them. The models themselves don't matter. Like, any units can move through them. They don't take up actual space. They don't have a footprint. Um, you can move them around however you want. They don't have stats. They don't take actions. They're just hanging out behind your bus and like, this guy's awesome! Yeah! And then getting shot on the head. Um, yeah, this is their command squad. Yeah, they're just completely there to, like, push you forward. It's such... I like it a lot. It's just so interesting. Um, the missions are all like mission level three to six, so you might have like six HP in your bosses, which is a lot. It can be a lot. Um, unless your opponent's rolling really hot, but if they are, just uh, run away and don't let the, <laughs> let the dice out on something else. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the other thing. Uh, the other weird thing. Effects and physics. Um, the effects range is wild. It's the width of three of your your index, middle, and ring finger next to each other, doing your um your scout salute. Or your Mockingbird salute from Hunger Games, uh, and like that can that could be wildly different between players. Like I measured against my partner's hand, and my I was a full finger wider than her hand because she's tiny and I'm huge, um, big in spirit and height. And so, if you ever need to measure your effects range, like if your shotgun walks up to shoot someone, or you're trying to whip someone with your cool chain whip, you roll that. You roll two d six, uh, four plus success, three minus failure. Uh, standard range of standard what one FX range is. You know, no successes. If you roll any double, uh, you get an epic result. An epic is three standard measurements with a twist. Um, so basically, if you try to throw someone, you might you roll FX. If you try to like whip with them before, you roll FX. So the range is like we worked that we playing online. We basically said two inches was our FX range, but it can be more, it can be less. Um, it's just neat. I mean, so you... the range is variable. It doesn't feel bad to have a variable. It is a weird. It is a weird bit of a, a with a bit. I mean, this game is weird. It is a weird addition to just bring out things extraneous to the game world system into it like that. And it is, and it is a, a funnier take on the natural advantages of the player. Like people say, you shouldn't, 
you should allow people to pre-measure in infinity because some players are just good at eyeing the distance. For example, I'm extremely bad at eyeing distance, but I really don't care. <laughs> Uh, but like, yeah, this is one miniature game where Chief Wiggum would have the definite advantage in, uh, in producing FX ranges. Yeah, and then there's a on double that talks about doing epic exclamation point FX, where instead of it being a straight line, it can be any line at all. And it talks about collaborating with your opponents to say the the powered marine punches the chaos, the demonic beast, uh, and it rolls an epic result in the FX. So he says, oh yeah, I'm going to ping pong it off all of the cultists because it's cool and it's funny. And we'll do like a um, collision roll for each of them. Collisions is another kind of damage. You just, or if you charge someone, you do a collision test. If they hit a wall or a building or you throw something huge at someone, you do that. Uh, it's generally lights D4s, mediums D6s, heavies D8s. Uh, buildings are different sizes. Um, you both roll a dice. Uh, if you do a charge, you can roll an extra dice. And then you, the loser takes damage equal to the difference. So D4, D8 versus like a heavy charging a light can do potentially seven damage to them with very little recourse. Uh, on ties, nothing happens um, generally. Unless you both roll different numbers. Of course, yeah. and the c- collision rules are more about positioning and pushing the enemies around, I guess, which makes sense in a game where your movement is somewhat restrictive. Yeah, it's just it's another interesting thing. Um, yeah. I think that point, speaking of interesting things, I'm doing just like, it's pretty cool. It's very simple. Uh, you basically pay nine points per unit, which is a light guy with rating two and everything and no weapons. Uh, and then you get to buy them more stuff. Yeah, you There's buy... a great battle scribe. So yeah, the, bat- the battle scribe is fine, though I wish it had rules in it. Uh, and the, the only free thing you can give your character or dude is increasing their size. You don't have yeah. to be, because size uh, is mostly about how much you can see or be seen from, because like you give a size rating to your uh, to your train. Uh, small is like regular human size, then giant is, I guess, you're, you brought a knight or something, a, a giant mech, a mad cat. Uh, so, so, so It flies so, romantically giant. Yeah, and fly counts as giant because they can see above everything because they're soaring above this stuff. And then uh, you basically can mix and match whatever uh, whatever abilities and gear you can you can have you can you, you have on your units. The only difference is that uh, only heroes get access to signature weapons, of which there are two. And uh, either magic powers or spell powers uh, yeah. to become a psyker. And you can uh, buy a lieutenant access to psyker powers. So you, have, like, you can yeah. potentially have two psychers in your list or uh, sorcerers. Yeah, psychers and sorcerers. They're yeah. the same thing. <laughs> Not exactly the same thing, but they're really close. And I. Uh, uh, I mean, the gear and outfitting section is kind of what was not that exciting for me it's just felt kind of slapdash and especially the power i found the powers and the, the psychic powers underwhelming um but i guess i'll i'll package all of that like all of my criticism into one huge uh uh you know middle section of the compliment sandwich uh, but other than that, it's like, you know, fairly easy. Each weapon you take or each bit of gear you take, it gives, it brings in a certain function. 
that that doesn't really do the regular boring thing of like oh well the dimension the machine gun is range 24 and rolls 2d6 damage but the assault rifle is range 18 and it all rolls 1d4 plus 1 damage now what will any dice tell me about which of these weapons is the right choice for me and uh, my yeah, player but the machine can carry it has has driving fire attack and bound maneuver and heavy fire attack and bound maneuver is dope because you shoot someone and someone can move forward. Like yes. every fucking tactical combat in any skirmish post, you know, from the interwar period after World War II, where the machine guns, you know, so much base of fire and their friendlies walk around because you're yeah. surprised. And it's great. It's 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 very weird to find something like that where bounding over what fire or maneuver in this game like. Uh, it's like going to a party and see that a T-55 turned up. A pleasant surprise, but you didn't expect it to be here anyways. Yeah, and also you can take two of the same weapon and get uh, double the bonus? Well, not of the same weapon, but two of the same category of weapon, which is uh, where we found, I think, the first balancing issue in the game, Uh. because you can... You so if you take two two melee weapons and one of them is a chain weapon, which I mean not chain weapon, literally a chain, yeah. uh, and the, the only effect of the chain is that you can punch someone outside of being in like melee combat. Yeah. So if you have say a gravity hammer and a chain, uh, you now have a gravity hammer. You can swing without being in base contact with the enemy. There's yeah, also an upgrade. That, that upgrade, bong strike. Yeah, there's a, and there's the long strike upgrade that my handsome host mentioned, which basically achieves the same thing, but for one more point. Hmm. Uh, it's yeah. It's also like the game encourages you to model these things. So if you want to model a character like whipping a hammer towards someone, that sounds dope, and I'd be into it. Um, yeah, but the, ben- the bonus is still count at stop at like plus or minus three. So you know, having a spear and an axe. Versus a medium is still basically your plus three immediately, and making either of those powered for a plus one bonus isn't going to help you that much. Uh, we did have an issue with armor piercing, where armor piercing degrades the opponent unit's armor down. We seem to, to light because that's the lowest level. But like the missile launcher is plus two versus heavy, but also armor piercing. So at what point do you count that? We yeah, assume because- that that happens after you shoot them because that you know, makes sense to me. Yeah, we, we, and also the dice declared it to be so because, like, mm. if your armor piercing immediately pushed any heavy enemy in down into medium range, then the plus two bonus against heavy would never matter in this game because there's never, never a category higher than that. Um, but yeah, uh, as you as you can surmise, it's, it's, it's weapons can be fairly abstract in what they do and I guess you model them whatever because a missile launcher doesn't do explosions or like mad something that or mad something value it's like hey it does armor piercing and it uh, works best against heavy so you know fluff it whichever ranged way you like maybe it's a PTRD rifle there are no real templates at all I don't think even grenades they're, they're better if you're in like um, difficult terrain, but there's no reason they hit, there's nothing because they hit off multiple characters. Um, I do notice that blasters can use your, um, your CQ combat skills, so remember your CQ city training snake. Uh, bla- yeah, blasters so. are another thing that I think I called out on the table because the carbine, mm-hmm. the regular Joe Schmo ranged rifle thing, is like 10 points, and the car and the blaster is. Uh, 
is fourteen, uh, 14. and that's th those four points mean that your belly beat stick doesn't have to have uh, doesn't have to have any stats in fire in, uh, in any any firing stats because they can use their seven. If you're really yeah. insane, they can use their seven in the melee in melee to just shoot someone with a blaster. It does also mention you can have two or more blasters or a blaster and another gun. Again, a plus one bonus for making a range attack. And this is considered a free upgrade. So is that second blaster free? I don't think it is, but it's just like that's strange. Um, yeah, I have to look at the, the slightly expanded version. Um, yeah, the army building is super easy. You can buy like enhancements. You can give someone like extended range or flyer or scope or mobility. And there's some more expansion in the, um, the, dirt, the sorry, the planet specific variant adds a couple more, like camouflage and stuff. Mostly, it's nowhere near as in depth as, say, um, Xenos Rampant was or, yeah. uh, and Pulp Alley. Uh, but I don't think it wants to be, and it doesn't, it wouldn't benefit from more, more granularity in that regard. I think that it what would, they've got it, is fine. Yeah. It would benefit from more examples of, uh, of yeah, more of, examples of, would be of, good um, of constructed uh, uh, armies and stuff. Particularly, yeah, like more games should do the thing of like here is this faction, here is how they work. Uh, the sorcerer or the psyker upgrades could use more. Like psychs can have lift and throw, which are neat, and this, but they're expensive. So you're spending five, so five points, and then you got to which lets you spend more money. Uh, and spells are like blink, magic missile, or time stop. And time stops kind of funny because it's there's a lot of like in universe explanations for things. Like yeah. time stops, says like the other player deceives you, like punch someone really fast without like not actually working because you know you're both moving at the same speed regardless of what you've rolled in game. Um, it's just yeah, it's just neat. It's just it's yeah. I don't know. I like I like how quick it wants to build a faction and be like, all right, I'm gonna do this and do that, and then bam, bim, bam, boom, you're done. Uh, and Bim bam boom, expensive. Bob's your uncle. Uh, the smallest size game is 225 points, I believe. Oh, sorry. Uh, 200 points is zero level. Or I guess you have no pawns at all. Um, and then 225 is a normal size. So we, we found ourselves bringing like five to seven models per, per the first base game. And the second point game is about the same amount. Um, yeah, it's... It's easy to build a force. It's it will be a lot of fun to convert one up using just like your bits box or getting printing. You know, it's a bunch. Oh, it'd be fun. To, it'd be it'd be rather fun to model to some CQ monster with four carbines. Oh, sorry, four blasters. But like, you can come forward if you want. <laughs> Always plus three, baby. I just enjoy the fact that just going by basic rules, uh, chain sword counts as a power weapon and is much superior to a regular power sword, which uh, I can get behind. Oh, that should be. Because um, it's much yeah, cooler, that's, that's how it is. Much cooler. That's, that's the real thing to check. Um, yeah. And as far as excuses to buy miniatures, that's, it's a tremendous, tremendous excuse. Um, basically, if you've got someone that's going to be a good base to start from, like any of the Magic guys or the War Games Atlantics sets, and just something you can really customize because they're in plastic. Or diehard miniatures, if you want to buy the uh, their space laser wizards or their space colonists, which should, uh, which should show which should, I heavily imply that they should, uh, sometimes sometime in the future become a plastic kit from War Game Atlantic. Hope you're listening, War Game Atlantic. Yeah. 
Um, or Anvil Industries um, STLs are all really cool and very customizable. And since you're actually. if you're doing Sword and Planet stuff, there's probably two hundred thousand ancient legacy miniature casters that will sell you all sorts of pewter stuff from from the era when the when that was more of a more of an active genre out there. Yeah, like the Seven TV people, um, uh, Crooked Dice have a bunch of really really cool minis. You could probably, I'm sure you'd find some sword and um, sandals. Sorry. Yeah, uh, and yeah. if you're an Inquisimander type of guy or something, or mm. if you're always looking at those types of games and like, oh, I wish I had, I wish I had an excuse to uh, custom build miniatures and just do really gritty paint jobs without having to do anything with G dubs. Well, here, there, have it. The game has some. Uh, the game has uh, campaign rules, so yeah, run, run, run at it, boy. Yeah, um, the escalation is fine. The, um, it does mention like a third player bringing in like others. Um, yeah, there's heaps of options to make your own miniatures, and characters are really, really, really strong. Characters make everything WYSIWYG, and also to like just enjoy it and make something where you can be like, wow, that looks cool. That's dope. Um, you know, it's like as an excuse to like stretch yourself creatively, or just to reinforce some good habits for painting or creating stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's also it's also super open. It's very themeless, um, except for like the broad strokes of relatively modern, like you know, sci-fi guns and also fantasy stuff. So there's no reason that you feel like that you can't have your faction be like space rats or. Sp- space green skins or get some Kaltorans or whatever going like like your ability to make a faction is not in any way limited by non-existent fluff or quote-unquote canon there's no law police stopping you from making your faction of like um devout ladies in robot suits with cool fire gear um fighting anyone you want Uh, and that's I love it. Love to see it. You know, now I release a game, it will have lore police, but uh, that's uh, that, that's <laughs> in the future. We're still we're still sourcing the tanks. Uh, yeah, but lore police come to me in my bed. Uh, yeah, so we'll start with Compton Sandwich. Um, I I'm going to go first. I love so much about this game. A lot more than I expected on the first read through. First read through, I was just looking at it. Just I just honestly bounced off. I read up the first four or five pages, and I was like, this is. This looks kind of dumb. It's from 2014, and the the website for it talks a lot about how like epic and extreme and not limited by stuff and no no of skills will make our own skills and like oh that sounds a bit shit. But then playing it, it's it's so much smarter than it's and it first appears like it lulls you in by this trade dress of being a dumbass and you're like oh actually this is really this this is innovative. This is this is honestly innovative in a lot of ways. Um, hats off to Brent Spivey for just like making me feel like a complete idiot, um, and rightfully so. <laughs> That's my first thing I like about it. It that made me feel like a fool for dismissing it. And yeah, yeah. I mean, Casa is right. The game does shine a lot more in action than it is do via a read through. Uh, but uh, I'll make a more specific uh, compliment: is that 
I actually like the weird pooled health pool and stuff yes. because it, it prevents a lot of like things that Casa complains about and also I complain about sometimes. And it all and again it brings a choice I've never mm. seen in casualty resolution because it's usually the the purview area of like mass battle games where you can uh, if the rules allow, choose which guy to remove from the squad, and then you're usually like, oh, do I remove a single grunt or a special yeah. weapons guy? Of course, you're removing a grunt. That's not even a choice. Uh, and I think it's it's probably the most meaningful casualty... Casual... It's, mo it's the most meaningful yeah. choice uh, you have in any game I've encountered where you, you choose when to remove casualties. Yeah, because there's a cost. The cost isn't just, you've rolled bad, fuck you. The cost is, I'm going to willfully decide to keep this person alive, regardless of what your dice have said happens to him. Um, we can fluff it like, oh, he's lucky he ducked, he dodged, he jumped, um, his armor stopped the missile launcher at the last second. Um, and it just, yeah, it, it just works. And it's such an exciting way of, like, controlling the ebb and flow of the battle. There's no real way to gain energy back, so once you start spending it, you've committed but you can also be like, well, we've both spent most of it. Every blow from now on is like, oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I guess you can say that stakes increase as you play play on because, mm. like, at first, like, at first, uh, first, like, uh, opening shots and stuff aren't going to kill anyone unless you really don't feel like keeping that guy around. But as you as you play the game, your 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 energy pool gets depleted. Your hero starts losing pawn, and with the pawn, they're useful powerful with the pawns their useful powerful abilities and then everything suddenly becomes a lot more exciting uh, yeah it, it's like it's great it's great it's it's honestly it's it's just really cool it's super cool i love to see that and your heroes don't play by those rules which makes them even more special which is great like it's just another little thing of like oh yeah oh yeah Um, but my first negative um, is going to be a devastating one and it's just I know that there's like a fancy book the derelict planet book with gorgeous gorgeous art as I mentioned before uh, but the base game is just fine it looks like it's just two columns of text with some okay the, the art in the, the base book is good it's at least as good as the one page rules um, sketchy sort of art was but there's not a lot of it, and it's easy to sort of, like, just ignore it and not worry about it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a problem they've solved, so... <laughs> oh, the other, the other half one of it, before you talk over me, okay. is that the, the scenarios suck. Oh, good. yeah. Oh, God. That, that's not great. No, no. Uh, and, 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 like, and, they're all just, like, fight to annihilation, but sometimes there's a button to push. It doesn't matter, though, because annihilation is still the main pretty point. Yeah, yeah. They should they should really look into scenarios more, and uh, this kind of ties into what I wanted to say. Like, yeah, because I have no love for the rulebook. Uh, like like we said, like Casa liked being fooled into not liking this game and then finding <laughs> out that the game is good. I didn't. I was very reticent to go like play test it. I was like, oh god, this is not exciting at all. I hate, I hate this. Um, so I'd really love to see the rule book rehash, refresh, second edition when. 
I'd love for like fluff text that explains the weapon to be separate from the rule text that explain what it does. Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, I don't know, I'd like it if the those sections were spruced up a bit. I'm not sure what I really mean by that, but like I, I, I'd love to have more tidiness, rules written out more clearly and in more. I thought the order is also a bit confusing. Yeah, the order is a bit confusing. It's just like uh, the book. The book tries to present. I mean, the book is tries to present well. It has like a beautiful cover and. Uh, the entrance text is it's fine, it's okay. But uh, when you start getting to the meat of it, the meat is rotten or appears to be rotten. <laughs> Maybe we're dealing with a loot fisk situation or something. But um, yeah, I just have no love for the. I just have no love for the rule book. The art is fine. It's the yeah. other stuff that's not that great. Um. Yeah, I I think the content is mostly fine um the goofy faq at the end's kind of like aha i get it but also i've got real questions <laughs> yeah i i do have actual questions actually um yeah but like yeah that just it's that sort of it, it's not of any specific like period or setting or europe but a lot of the descriptions sort of tie into that like the missile launchers and machine guns and stuff, um, which is honestly, it's kind of a problem in wanting to be this agnostic. But like, either either do or don't. Yeah, you don't yeah. Have to like you make a big like forty-page background stuff fluff that I won't read. But just deciding what you want it to be is is really really good. Like I mentioned, the missile launcher is uh is an is a very is a that's name that. Heavy launcher is a name that's <laughs> deceptive, I guess. You expect explosions and stuff, but no, it's just it, it just gives you anti-heavy capability and stuff. So maybe they should go more generic with the names and then lift some yeah. examples of the whatever weapons it represents in italics, and then use regular text to explain explain what it does rules wise. Especially because this is not going to be a tournament game in any way. Um, yeah, you could make a, you could have a fun like one day tournament with your friends of like rotating campaigns and missions or whatever. That'd be neat. But I don't, I don't see you like going to London GT and like paying eighty bucks to play this for a weekend. Yeah, they might be though. Who knows? <laughs> um, what's your? Give me a positive thing though, because that was kind of dinner. Yeah, I um, mean, yeah. I already talked about the energy pool and. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can say the action points. Be but the action points. Okay, this game yeah. has a lot of weird, uh, well, not weird rule interactions, but a lot of exceptions that don't appear to be don't appear to be that good at the first at the, at first blush. But then you, but when you go into action, you start understanding them and you start appreciating them. So I like how. Uh, rules apply until they do not, and when they do not, they do so on a very purposeful reason. There's a reason why characters aren't saved by energy expenditure, but by sacrificing pawns. There's a reason why pawns exist and uh, what they represent. Uh, there's basically a reason for everything in the book, except for like chain and long strike existing at the same time. And uh, 
and yeah, you can see why why things were done when you go out to play. And I'm going to say that generally the book takes a very modern approach to many things that you don't say don't see in games eight years later. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where you would call it revolutionary, except for the fact that nobody followed the great uh, the the great example set out for the, the set out for it. Yeah, the, I think uh, this is definitely one of the games we're looking at that is sort of like. Um, with I say this with all the love in the world for these games, um, they're almost evolutionary cul-de-sacs, sorry, of like, we've got this really cool idea, like Powerboy Apocalypse Skirmish game that plays quick is tremendous, um, everything he's done is neat as hell, but it's not going to be your only hobby, so that's like, if competing with systems that want you to, want to be your only hobby, and this has no, not a lack of depth, but like, there's only so much you can do with it before you start making your own stuff for it. And then I guess then it becomes a lifestyle or a hobby sort of lifestyle. <laughs> but yeah, it hasn't got the push for it. I think the marketing for it, I think the budget for it, it's just going to be like a cool little like, yeah, this is, this is a game people should look at when they're making games. And I've pushed it to some people who've talked about doing that. Of like, Hey, you, you talk about doing this. Have you looked at rogue planet and what rogue planet did? Cause it's yeah. talking, it's saying a lot of things you want to do. Yeah, Rock Planet is 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 I guess for when you don't want to deal with uh, the more in depth in depth stuff of say uh, Paul Pally. But the thing that the, the Apocalypse World and the other RPGs a lot of like favor or something is that it captured people's attention and people started releasing their own splats and all, all sorts of other things. And that's not. That much of a thing when it comes to say uh, miniature war, war games and uh, like maybe the industry is maturing towards that point. I mean, I mean, Xeno uh, uh, Rampant is like a, co- a, co- a co- collaboration between a guy who made a mod for Dragon Rampant and the main creator. Yeah. So maybe that's possible for for this. But those oh, yes, those weird exciting games like usually become like semi-forgotten because everyone wants to do armor saves and like you know toughness Um, yeah and and we're making a concerted effort on the podcast to talk less about games workshop you've all played it you're all excited by it um it's a hobby to itself and we respect the people who enjoy playing game fisher games which Uh, we're instead i mean i respect some of the games workshop games i'm not gonna respect you playing necromunda it's just not going to happen (laughs) it's just who i am as a person by the way, I, I I was going to suggest this uh, that we ask on the Twitter. We might as well ask from there, but also on Twitter. Yeah, we'll do because that. content is like, does anyone want? Uh, is there a desire for us to to review Lord of the Rings battle miniature game that they, they put me. out? <laughs> what? Not for me. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out in the back, comments. I do want to get back to what you're saying. Um, Realizing when, we, when I found out that One Page Rules was doing like game jams for their games, this yeah. is a game that would really benefit from that. This is a game oh, that yeah. would do so well with like just short one page zines of like, here is like the weapons you can pick from, here is like the upgrades you can have. This is like a heavy free zone or whatever reason. Like, oh man, oh man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This could definitely be a game jam game where you. Produ- where you like you know take the skeleton because the game is the game rules aren't that 
like you know long and Great stuff and, amazing and, and sat down with some lads and uh, NBs and whatever on the weekend mm. and just say oh we made a hack for this that does uh, I don't know uh, Chinese yeah. uh, Chinese gunpowder factory explosion in the 5th century mm. more time or something <laughs> here's my um, uh, crouching target hidden dragon war game like, yeah, the, we. My rogue planet is a war a war world where 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 pe when people get shot they get regrown and regenerated from tree. That yes, this is a sword and fantasy uh, planet side, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I mean, here here's my campaign rules for uh, for running uh, that that sort of like territory push campaign on on yeah. On here's rogue, here's rogue my planet. hard sci-fi game. Here's a bunch of like granular rules that get you the plus three minus three. Maybe they talk about changing the math a little bit. Um, yeah, that would be exciting. What a yeah. cool idea that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, um, you know, that OPR, uh, OPR game jam thing is like, you know, maybe something more games could encourage and, and do it. Especially if you do it online and don't have to pay for a physical venue or something, then maybe mm. it is cheaper. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the... the regular indie miniature game designer uh, yeah. does on a day-to-day -day basis. Maybe they're really busy and the money is short because it's short for everyone who's who's making games that are actually interesting. Uh, Not weekend games before. Um, but yeah, yeah. to move on to my final sandwich thing, um, the game does have campaign rules. The campaign rules are fine. It does that exciting thing about if your hero is defeated in battle, you can choose to live or die. Generic generic uh Mooks, dudes, plebeians, they might die if you roll the wrong number, depending on the book you're, if you're using this um, expanded the rules. Planet expanded rules yeah. Yeah. But your hero won't die unless you think it's cool. If you think yeah, it's dope yeah. for them to like not make it through. But that's not my thing. My thing is the nemesis rule. The nemesis rule fucking rules. It's so cool. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> if your hero dies to another hero, that enemy hero is um, now the nemesis. So, like, you, they get a minus one the next time they attack you. But if they keep killing you, that goes to a minus three. So even though they're at minus three and they're still dunking on you, that just encourages you even more to try to get back in revenge, which is great. It's just so funny. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. That, that is an interesting... I, I, I mean, I came from a more simulationist approach to to RPGs and stuff, but... Getting your losing your char your main character in any campaign game isn't very great. Isn't great, and it feels uh, uh, there's rarely a good system for replacing them. And mm. uh, there's also all the nasty things that uh, Xenos Rampant does about it. Why did they do it? Mm. And this is a much cooler and a much better approach to it. And uh, it. I guess it shows the uh, PBTA uh, DNA yeah. in there. Uh, it's it's more fun when your heroes die in an interesting death, or and not just from a random mook shooting them and accidentally, like you know. Well, no, random mook shooting them and accidentally may killing them would maybe be sort of interesting because it was unexpected, but. Hey, if it's just ground down by the volume of fire, it's maybe yeah. not exciting. Or if the volume of fire was uh, like, you know, 
a really dramatic and tense situation in your game yeah. and you want to fluff it, you can say like, yeah, yeah, he actually died from that uh, from D- that fire. Yeah, Dying to random happenstance sets the tone for a game as well. Of like, if everything else is leading up through, like, this is my big, big blokey hero, sorry, big powerful hero, they're not going to be laid low by your generic mook being like, ah, oh, crap, holy Mary, you know, Hail Mary, one-handed pistol shot, you know, book him the other mm-hmm. way, eyes closed, Nails you between the eyes. Ha ha! Like, that sucks, man. Like, that's not how I built this game. That's not the story the game is promoting me to tell. Like, this is... It never feels great. Yeah, and it's not like you... Find me in the comments. Yeah. And it's not like you you could also say, but oh, but then none, none of the characters will ever die. Yes, that's also the possibility. But also there's also the possibility that if you are so impressed by what happened on the field when your uh, general got taken out, maybe you'll be like, yeah, this is a time for him to like, you know, yeah. uh, to hit the dirt and <laughs> on a, a permanent basis. You yeah, it's a game where you and your opponent are encouraged to tell like a collaborative story. So maybe people like, that was like, hey, that was a pretty cool way for um, Sergeant JC Dentface to eat at this time. And yeah. his band of space marines now can like try and work harder to get revenge, or and deal with like a new lieutenant JC Dentface, and see how that goes. And tell that story. <laughs> yeah, this is a shout out to Jackbox players playing playing the new roommate reality TV game. What what? Returning with a slightly different name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was always my. Um, D&D characters. Oh no, you've killed Bob. He is uh, he's Cobb, the also fighter, because I was enjoying that character. <laughs> Co- Cobb, the fighter. <sighs> and he, Corn Cobb. <laughs> yeah, uh, I. what would you play this game if someone rocked up to you and said, hey, here's a big pile of plastic bits. Build an army. Let's go. That's cheating, uh, but also yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, if uh, they didn't, if you had to do it for someone else, you had to go to one of your friends and be like, "Hey, this is the game we're going to play." You know, I'm desperate for my friends to try out some of those games <laughs> that I review. I, 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 I think, I think I'd play it and like you know, Ceteris Paribus, uh, Spherical Cow, uh, because uh, I already kind of know the rules, so I wouldn't have to look at the rule book. Uh, maybe there's going to be a second edition or something soon. I, I don't remember. My brain is a uh, fuck. Uh, I mean, it's light enough that I could just uh, scramble. I mean, I could just round up some miniatures and then mm-hmm. go like, huzzah, I have the army already. I can play it. It's 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 not bad. It I mean, the rules are good. The, the rules are good mostly. And, and also then you can enjoy it with your friends, something that usually people mistake for good rules just because you had the, <laughs> fun with the game. Maybe you've had fun in spite of the game, not because of the game. And, mm-hmm. But this game actually has good rules to keep it going, even if it doesn't have the granularity I prefer. So, yeah, I'd play it. How about you? Ah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I really enjoyed um, the Xenotrampant game I got to play, uh, which is a cool game. It's a lot of level like. Uh, this is more of a scale that I've come to prefer. I'm basically realizing that I kind of lose interest in combat values above, like a platoon, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Unless we're doing like really small scale. Like when we played um, Cold War Commander, it was like basically sandies and um, yeah. boxes with NATO symbols on it. That was fine, but the thought of painting that army is just so cosmically just 
destructive to my willingness to do so. I, I that's can't because, do it, man. That's because you are an uncultured group who's not willing to spring for fifty for six millimeters or three millimeters. I'd, I, I'd sleep if it were during like cold commander again. I I would just use tokens because tokens was great. I mean, it, it is faster to use tokens, but these are cool. I like my tanks. My, my my desire is to spit the game developers who say like uh, one stand is a platoon in the face and do three millimeter like you know oh you say this uh, like one stand uh, is a platoon then I'm going to put a platoon's worth of tanks on, the, on that yeah. uh, on that base which is very possible yeah, so in three millimeters absolutely yes yeah, so this game being like maybe ten guys at most and I've already got like a bunch of cool models I'd love to use that for um, is just super appealing and I'm definitely gonna. Because I wanted to play Pulp Alley more. I was really pushing a mate to play some more Pulp Alley with me. But we fell down with like not having the cards or a way to make the cards. I could have printed them off and like sleeved them with old magic cards or whatever. But it's just like, it was just an extra step to do it. Rather than being like, that's just play the game. Here's the PDF for the rules. Let's go. It was like, no, you've got to do this and then do that and then do the other thing. Yeah, this is much more. There's nothing in your way except your willingness to find someone. Yeah. To and cajole that goes, and browbeat the other players into into playing the good games that you played. Yeah, and it's um, it's really good. Uh, yeah, like it's it's a game that works in a lot of ways. It's different and interesting to, uh, to so much else else that's going on. Like it's not just a pull the dice. It's a thought about generator for the numbers. Like it's I don't know, man. Like two d six plus minus three at most. It's easy. It's the easiest math I've played for any game. Yeah. It's not just carnivals, roll a pile of D10s, look for seven or more. Yeah, I appreciate games that respect my that respect the fact that my brain is mostly brain worms and like two brain cells uh, buried somewhere deep in there. Uh, doing complicated math is something I'd love to leave for a computer in a video game. Yeah, and this being able to be like. Yeah, like, yes, this this big yeses. There's no no's. Just yes, everything is cool. This is man. Make make a second edition, Brent. I want to see what else you've got. I want to. We might cover more of this games this year. <laughs> it's just yeah, cool. yeah. Well, but the, 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 appa- apparently, we've seen that you have made other games as well, and some of those games appeal to some of our core interests. Uh, so, yeah. uh, mayhem yes. looks neat. Uh, World of Wrestling sounds interesting. I'm interested in more wrestling games. It's a really um, it's a really easy war game to make. Like it leans so hard into like big special characters doing big special things, and there's like one good wrestling game. What's that about? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm just interested in I guess battle uh, in bat in the battlefield one because like hey, I love checking out uh, the rule sets for modern combat and. Uh, Maybe you will one day do Skirmish Sangin, Sangin because I'd really love to see, because I have this, uh, how do you say it, morbid interest in seeing how it works in action. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we have, we have a whole year ahead of us. That, that, that there's a lot of games that we can do. What an exciting year we have. Yep. I mean, oh, that oh. was... That was yeah. Uh, overall, not that bad to be a miniature wargamer. Yeah, it's, it's a great year for it. It's a great time to do it. There's so much 
there's so many options available to you. Just play something that's really going to pique your interest and just put you right in the kink. It's great. Yeah. All right, thanks for coming out. Uh, this has been Casa. And I've been JC Dent, and I plan continue, continuing being JC Dent. Wonderful. I'm very encouraged by that. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Fortified Nations. This is the game that's again Rogue Planet by Brent Spooky, available on their website. Available on the website bombshell-games.com. I the will include links. Games are harder to find. Yeah, links below um, with a text review as well of our games from TTS. Uh, it's, you know, check it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bye bye now. Bye.